This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 197 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one's dedicated to the world of boxing. Uh, if you've only just stumbled across us, please subscribe. You can do that via iTunes. You can also do it via our website. If you're on Android, go to fightdisciples.com. Get on social media too, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'm saying that because I've got a new camera and we're going to start filming some of these interviews that we do and sticking them on there so you can have a little bit of a nosy. We're also uh, ramping up our YouTube channel as well. Hey, we're taking it to the next level, us lads. Uh, So get yourself on there too. So there's four little outlets on social media to go to. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and we'll be sticking some content up there in the not-too-distant future. Also, you will have noticed, if you are a subscriber to this podcast... Um, there's an extra podcast just dropped in your uh, inbox this morning. Yeah, all right. Uh, that's mainly because uh, Nicholas Pete, who sits across from me, um, is very good friends with the uh, aforementioned uh, Tony the Bomber Bellew. However, he's more friendly with Anthony Bellew. So we thought we'd give you a little bit of uh, behind the scenes, uh, more intimate chat with Bellew um, on Bank Holiday Monday after he destroyed David Hay for a second. Well, let's be honest, time. it was supposed to be five minutes to start this show. Yeah. Pretend into a 20-minute interview That's it. of gold. Well, we ended up talking about golf. His missus came on to tell us to fuck off and stop trying stop, to persuade stop him. Stop to fight again. <laughs> trying to persuade him to fight again because we fancied a trip to Vegas. <laughs> uh, so there's a few things in there. Uh, me and Nick, telephone conversation with Tony Bellew. Go and have a little bit of a listen to it. It is there. You, if you press subscribe, you'll already have it in your inbox, so you can go and have a little bit of a nosy. And I suppose that's where we start, mate, don't we? We have to start with what happened at the weekend. And I'm going to... Do you want me to rant first? Yes, I'll please. tell you what I'll rant first, right? Because I love people that make excuses. Losers make excuses. Winners find a way. I'm not pointing this towards David Hay because I thought David Hay was very classy on social media yesterday. Absolutely. With everything that he's posted. And we'll give him a little bit of kudos for that a little bit later on. Who I'm having a go at are the David Hay fans. This is where I'm coming... I'm coming for you today, right? Just admit that you got it wrong. Exactly. Just admit that you backed the wrong dude, all right? You might not like Tony Bellew and you wanted him to get smashed, but he fucked you up. That's what happened, all right? Don't give me the excuses that David Hay, oh, he's a shadow of his former self. Don't tell me that, oh, his body keeps breaking down. Oh, he's past it. Oh, he's shot. He got smashed. End of. That's the end of the chat. Tony Bellew turned up and that was the best performance that I've ever seen of Tony Bellew. He was on point. He was absolutely tremendous. Brilliant. He worked him out. He made David Hay look shit. He made him look shit. David Hay wasn't just shit. No. Nope. Tony Bell, you made him look shit. Just admit it to yourself. Take it in. Breathe it. We all get shit wrong. We told you last week that Paul Butler had beat Manny Rodriguez on points. Mm. How fucking wrong were we? We don't mind admitting that because this is sport. This is boxing. Sometimes you get shit drastically wrong. And if you supported David Hay and backed him and put money on him, then just say, listen, I got it wrong. There's no, there's no shame in that. We won't, we won't shame you for that. What we will shame you for is making all this bullshit excuse that, de- oh, yeah, but 10 years ago he'd have beaten him. Not on Saturday night's performance he wouldn't have, mate. He'd have still got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. End of. Done. Totally agree. And um, Thanks, mate. Thanks. It's, it's mostly... Def- I like the way that we're on the same page. Totally agree, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a change. I totally agree. And it, what annoys me is the people that go... Oh, hey, hey, absolutely, he's going to knock him out. He's fit this time, he's turned up, blah, blah, blah. He's the one. And then the same people the next day after the event and going, fucking David, he's shit. He's finished, man. What's he still boxing for? And you're like, <laughs> mate, come on. This is a sport at the end of the day. 
David Hay told us all he was he was in the best shape he's been in, far better than the first fight and everything else. Everything was going to hold up. But at the end of the day, he lost to a better fighter. Tony Bellew is a better fighter than David Hay. Whether that's because it's 2018 or whether it would have happened in 2008, we'll never know. The only time they ever fought facts are facts, now. baby. Facts. Lennox Lewis beat Mike Tyson. Would he have beat him in the heyday? Who the fuck knows? Who cares? But on the day Who they cares? actually fought, Lennox Lewis was better than Mike Tyson. Yeah, Tony Bellew is a better fighter than David Hay. That's it. There's no more. There's no more to say about it. The best tweets I've seen along these lines was Jamie Moore's. Did you see that? Someone had put out there. Someone had tweet put out there. Oh saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hay in four. And and JB Moore's comeback was you've spelled Bellew in five wrong there, mate. Fucking <laughs> 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 tremendous. But it was uh you know what, I think <clears throat> the outpouring of emotion, not just from Bellew, but I think a lot of Bellew supporters, myself included, uh, you know, everyone that was around it and has been around Tony Bellew and knows not just Tony Bellew, but certainly gets to know Anthony Bellew and knows the year that he's just had and what he's come through. And, I mean, you know, we don't need to go over it again. I think most people who watch the fight and listen to our show will have engaged enough in this contest to know what Tony Bellew's been through. But to, to come to the end of it now with a performance like that, for me, that's there's no more question marks about who's the better fighter. There's no more, oh, this or that. That's it. It's done. No mm-hmm. ifs, no buts, no babies, as we put on our social media. Tony Bellew proved that right now he is one of the best British boxers Certainly on the inside, but but just across the board. Right now, name me a hot fighter other than AJ, who's who's globally super, a global superstar, who's more popular than Tony Bellew right Mm. now, who's more exciting than Tony Bellew right now. Mm. That's in the kind of fights that you think, fuck yeah, that's pay per view. There's Anthony Joshua, and then there's Tony Bellew in the ranking of British boxers, pay per view stars. It's incredible. Mm. And it's the the more so it's incredible is that, like you say, you've followed him since. The no, ABA's just... days, right? Those days when he was winning amateur uh, titles. Yeah. <clears throat> and obviously since me and you have started doing this show together, getting to know him more personally rather than just the geezer that you see on TV or go and interview at, into, uh, at, ju- at press, yeah, yeah, press junkets and all this type of stuff. You do obviously get emotionally attached to lads, but taking my head out of it and, and, and not treating it as a friend and just analysing it, the over the last three to four years... If you if you look at his career over the last three to four years, and then compare it to maybe the first five, six, seven years of his professional career, yeah, the chalk and cheese, mate. He is. I mean, I remember watching him maybe maybe ten years ago and thinking to myself, ah, he won't get to world level. And I do that all the time with certain fighters. Like there's certain fighters now that I look at and go, he won't get to world level. I said it about John Ryder. John Ryder knocked out bloody Jamie Cox at the weekend, and yeah. he might get a shot at Tyron Zuger. Yeah. Might get a, a shot at world title. If you'd have asked me that two years ago, or when Rocky Fielding were beating him, I'd have gone, no fucking chance. Exactly. Absolutely no chance. Now, 10 years ago, I said there's probably a similar thing about Tony Bellick now. There's no chance. He won't, he won't make it. But over the last four years especially, the graft he's put in, but not only that, he just seems to be getting better. Yeah. Technically... His ring IQ, the way that he's making fighters do shit that they don't want to do. I'm thinking to myself, that's a real talent, that man. And some people do hit that maturity late, don't they? A lot of people talk about sport, or you're in your peak when you're 28, 29 years of age. Boxing's slightly different, obviously, because you've got people like Klitschko that goes on to the 40 and all this type of stuff. People hit their peak at different times in their life. He's 35 years of age, and he's never, ever looked better. Never looked better. Now, it's a family decision. They make the decision whether he continues or he doesn't continue. Go and listen to our yeah. Tony Bell, you interview, oh, yeah. extra podcast. Yeah. His missus has a scrap. And, and tell, us, yeah. and tell us whether he's going to box again. Mm. But right now, he is hot, man. 
course. That's, that's what I mean. Other than AJ. He could say... No, no, I mean in the ring. I'm not talking oh, about right, persona. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. talking right now he is. Oh, I'd fancy him against... I'd back him against anybody. and That's fucking yeah. mental. Well, the big chat, obviously, in the aftermath now is um, is obviously Andre Ward. Um, there's a lot of talk about Tyson Fury. I just, I, I no. just can't see how that would happen. No. I think it's kind of impossible. I think... It's just as, a, it, as a matchup, it works, but the, obviously Frank Warren is now very, very much tied to Tyson Fury, so yeah. that that is completely gone. Bellew and, and Warren's relationship. Don't forget they were in, they were in a legal battle together, which yeah. they're both pretty still sore about. So that is completely off the table. The one shout I did like that suddenly became on the table was the Pavekin shout. Was the fact that and and it was David Price who brought it up because we spoke to Price, didn't yeah. we? As he was leaving, mm. he said, "A bit gutted there. I've just dropped on Sky that Pavekin should fight Bellew for the WBA, um, and, and and AJ should give it up and let them two fight for it um, rather than fight Pavekin himself. And he should go and fight Wilder or whatever it was." And uh, he said, "Eddie Ern shot me down. I was gutted because I think that's a boss fight." And I was like, "That was the first time I'd even thought about that fight myself." But then in our interview with Bellew, he mentions it as well. So he fancies it, mate. That'd be interesting. But it was it was boss the way he fancied it, but not for the WBA regular, which no. is on the table. It's a proper fight disciple. It doesn't do any of that plastic. Doesn't shit. Doesn't do regular. Doesn't do IBL. It's got to be super. Yeah, great. Love it. Go and have a listen to it because it's absolutely tremendous, man. And he is he is red hot at this moment in time. Absolutely. And you and, know, uh, do you know what I think? It's a, it's a weird one because he comes out of this fight with so much credit and deservedly so. You know, I, I refuse to anyone that's kind of gone, yeah, but hey, I'm just there like, is no fuck yeah, but. off. There, there is no yeah, there but. There is no yeah, but. Bellew was sensational and he made David Hay do things he didn't want to do and he got caught in a gunfight and on the inside, Tony Bellew's just a bigger, uh, just a better fighter and that right hand down the pipe in the third round proved it and after that, the finish was always on don't the hook with, never going to get him Don't hook with a hooker, man. Exactly. If you're going to hook, we'll get... Paul Butler found this out as well in Absolutely. the in the Manny Rodriguez fight, which we'll get to in a minute. You're going to get taken out. Yep. Oh, just the, that left hook exchange right on the button. David, I didn't know what had hit him in that, in that fifth round. It was just a tremendous trade. Tremendous, yeah. tremendous trade, man. Um, we don't always get it right. I know that we're waxing lyrical and going crazy. I mean, we just mentioned Price's name there. We wanted Price to beat Povetkin. That didn't necessarily work out for us. There's been many times where it hasn't worked out. But at least, and then this is blowing smoke up our own ass, if we're going to dish it out, we're willing to take it as well. 100%. There's too many people on social media, let's just say, that dish it, dish it, dish it, and then they either go quiet when it fucking goes tits up. Or they blame the other guy. Or they blame some other bullshit. Just yeah. take it. Be a man. Of course. Take it. You got it wrong. Right? Absolutely. You got it wrong. Bellew nailed him. Twice. End of. Done. Happy? I'm fucking absolutely delighted, yeah. And that's listen, I've got no personal a slice on David Hay, obviously. No, not at all. I, because I think, like I, I said, David's social Hay, media yesterday was class as fuck, man. He was, absolutely. And I think David Hay should will will go down in, in British Boxing's Hall of Fame as a great cruiserweight champion and the guy that went and beat the beast from the east in Valoev, that big when he was giving away about fucking four stone or something mm. mental. You know, it, his, his legacy is assured, but this is this grudge match was part of Tony Bellew's legacy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I think in the grand scheme of things, it probably it shouldn't take away from David Hay and what he's achieved in this sport. Mm. The last four years, then this is not David Hay's legacy. This is David Hay trying to cling on to something. His legacy finished when he first finished, before he went into the jungle. His boxing legacy was done then. And I just think now, that was the worrying thing at the weekend. I would love to see it. I'd love to have, for him to have somebody in his corner and, you know, just, just let's reference Bellew, Caldwell, Gary Disley, his dad, you know, the people that Bellew have got in his corner. I know for a fact, if Bellew had got beat at the weekend, they'd have been the first people in his ear going, listen, bump, that's, it. that's it now. I, because 
they're people he, he trusts and he's got he's got but with with hey you feel like that whole entourage that he's got they're there just to fucking go rah 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 David hey look at his coach for fuck's sake his coach ditched Jorge Linares before the biggest fight of his career this coming weekend mm. against my boy High Tech yeah, yeah. he ditched him to go with because with David Day because clearly there's more money on the table for the David Day fight fighting Tony Bellew and the potential for David Day to then go and fight an AJ and he's just thought Rubio's just thought fuck it I'll go where the money is and he's ditching it's disgusting really Salas Salah, sorry. Uh, he's ditched. He's ditched. Yeah, I know what you mean. To go with Hay. It's kind of backfired. But then, so he's not going to go to David Hay. That's it. Knock it on the head now, son. I guarantee if David Hay does continue, he won't be in the corner. Mm. I guarantee that. Because mm. he'll, he'll go licking his wounds and go and find somebody else now. Mm. I just think there's nobody in David Hay's ear that's able to say to him, listen, son, it's, it's finished. Mm. It's over. Did you see, by the way, just on that, and I don't know if the TV cameras picked this up during the ring walk. Did you see that... Uh... David Hay did a Steve Collins. Did he put the headphones on? Oh, yeah, I've seen that in the ring. Yeah, yeah I noticed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a yeah. With Steve Collins. Steve Collins yeah. famously did that, obviously, when he fought Eubank in order to block yeah. out the ring walk and all that stuff. But it was stuff. different, though. Even the ring walk, like, um, my dad just sent me a couple of texts while a fight was happening. And even before Bellew got in the ring, my dad texted and put, and he just said, Hayes ring walk's fake. And I was, because obviously you're in the heat of the moment when you're ringside, you don't really, you're kind of watching it on the screens and you're also looking to see yeah, the yeah, top yeah. of it. You don't really, you know. What not, did he mean by that? He, I think he just meant that the way Hay was acting, he because in hindsight, when I've watched it back, because I was thinking, what, what's he talking about? Because I couldn't really see the ring walk myself. When I watched it back, the fact that Hay comes out and he's like touching, touching gloves with people and he's laughing, he's pointing into the crowd at one point and he kind of belly laughs at something and he's like, and I think my dad just thought, that looks fake as fuck. He's trying. He's forcing himself to look relaxed. He's forcing himself to be like, "This is amazing. I'm loving it. This is great." But he's, yeah. And when you watch, he was it, dancing on the ring apron. That's at one what I mean. Point, yeah. When you watch it back, you're like, because Bellu did that. But when you watch Bellu for the first fight dancing, he's actually dancing. Bellu there could actually be at a family party. Mm. Do you know, he's just like crooning away. Whereas hey, it, it it looked and felt forced. It looked like. I'm forcing myself to stay relaxed. I'm forcing myself to enjoy this moment. This is where I want to be. And deep down in his heart, does he really want to be there? Mm. Uh, before we talk about any other fights that happened on that card, and obviously a Triple G fight. There's some fucking Montana. comedy moments from that card at the weekend. Mate, there? so many. It, do you know what? I thought it was spectacular. Yeah, it was I, I great. It was a brilliant card. It had everything. Yeah, it did. It had upsets. It had crowd silence and moments. It had hilarious moments. It had a fucking belter of a domestic classic on there as mm. well. Mm. I loved it. I thought it was a great card. I nearly got into a scrap again. Oh, who with who with now? Well, you obviously. Saw this is what happens when I don't sit behind you. The, well, check this out, right? Oh, this wasn't with AJ's entourage, was it? Because I seen they sat next to you. Right, check this out. So, AJ rolls deep. So, commentary position. Yeah. I'm right behind the sky, lads. Yeah. Right. Now, for some reason, we had a team of nine people for a radio commentary broadcast, right? Which is ridiculous. But we only had seven seats. Jesus. Okay. Now, with me being the host of the show, you'd think I'd get a seat. However, I turned. I didn't turn up late. Everybody else just got there before me. Basically, what it was. I'm thinking, fuck it now. So I'm kind of on the edge of the of the broadcast area. Yeah, still broadcasting, still doing the show. But I had a seat, and I was on the edge of the broadcast. You were area. presenting it, presenting the whole fucking show. Yeah, but then, obviously, when AJ and his boys rock up, because he does roll deep. There's a, there's some there's a serious team there. Yeah, they all want seats. Of course. So they're all there, and we're like, we're jammed in like sardines, mate. We're jammed in really tight round round ringside. So there was a lot of I'm on air. I like a little bit of space. I like to throw my arms around whilst I'm talking about boxing, all right? 
I don't like people sat on my knee or taking a piggyback whilst I'm doing a fucking radio show. Now, on a couple of occasions, a few people did bang into me and everything's being smashed all over the table and all this type of stuff. So I was getting a little bit frustrated, let's just say. And there were a couple, there were some, listen, all the team, the nice lads, they were sweet as a nut with me, right? But it did get a bit frustrated. And I kept saying under my breath, fuck, you know, for fuck's sake, right? As this was going on. Anyway, after about the 10th time of being banged into, maybe maybe under my breath went a little bit too loud. All right, I went, for fuck's sake. And I turned round. Who were it? It wasn't. Oh, it was only me. fucking AJ. <laughs> uh, all right, mate. And then, what go on? What the fuck? You said what? I said what go on? <laughs> I've no idea. I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I just shit my pants. Then I you said what go on? I know what I'm not. I don't, not even, I don't even know what he means. <laughs> Sat there, frustrated at getting smashed all over this table. I turn around, see that it's the heavyweight champion. Went, oh, we'll go on. We'll, we'll go on. <laughs> what did AJ say in reply? He just looked at me like proper fucking funny. And then I held my hand out for a fist bump. Oh, my God. And he tapped it and he went, who's this fucking dick? And you he just, absolute clown. He just fucking sat down and carried on cracking on with his mates. To be fair, he was sweet as not after, after that, but fuck me. There's I seen nothing... you were passing the su- getting some sweets passed yeah. along to you, so well, you weren't doing that badly. No, we made what, friends. What were the underboys? Were they on the weathers? No, no, no. We had uh, Milky Bar Buttons. Milky Bar... The, Anthony Joshua was he, and his crew we were had, eating Milky Bar Buttons. And Percy Pigs. And Percy Pigs. Mate, no fucking about there, son. Absolutely. Do you know who starts some, that off? That's some high-end Marks and Spencer Listen, shit, that I, is. I'd tell you who starts that off, right? Do you know Anna Woolhouse, the female presenter of Sky Sports? Yeah. She's renowned in the game for uh, bringing the sweeties. That's what she does. She brings the tosh. Ah, right, okay. So all the lads, the frotches of this world, the Macklins of this world, straight in there. They're straight in the bag there, mate, getting the Percy Pigs out, and they're all being dished around. Wow. So that's so there you go, a little bit of inside information. I see my girl from Sky Sports was sitting by you as well. Fuck me. Fucking hell, fire. She enjoyed, she enjoyed herself, didn't she? <laughs> she did enjoy herself. She loves her Kirsty, doesn't oh, she? I knew you were going to name I was going to say, can we name it? Can we, can we say what she went on? She loves her. She loves her. Oof. Miss Gallagher. One. She is a smoke show, is the girl, absolutely. Yeah. But let's just say, she was enjoying herself. Big Bellew fan. Big Bellew fan. She was screaming for Tony and all that type of stuff. Yeah. To be fair, the whole AJ entourage, every single one of them were in for Bellew. Of course. Every single one of them yeah, were giving him uh, the support from uh, from ringside. I'll tell you another thing, right? Speaking of scraps, you, you've you never seen me cower as much when Joe Joyce walked past. And Casey went, All right, man. Hi. All right, mate, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I'm no lich. He came to get him. The fucking great though, wasn't he? Can we move on to Joe Joyce now, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, after his fight, he came ringside and he was sat about two rows behind me. And I just, honestly, I thought to myself, if anybody's tipped him off that I've been fucking giving him abuse, I'm in shit here. So I just turned around and focused on the ring, stared away from looking at him. Anyway, go on then. In fact, I've got some music to Sing code the Joe. Mate, I've got... <laughs> I've got some oh music to accompany God. our Joe Joyce chat. Hey, this is for you, Joe. Change that juggernaut fucking theme tune to this. <laughs> what the fuck was that? All you needed was a straw donkey coming back from Tenerife Airport, didn't you, lad? <laughs> They're not getting Canelo tonight. Don't worry, lads. I've got all oh, my beer. I'll give I'll give them Mexican fans a little taste of the good Sink stuff. Oh, the Joe. Fuck it, man. It's like, honestly, it's like someone is taking the piss out of Joe Joyce 
who the f- who told who's who, styling who, him? Who got him to dress up as a Mexican like that? No idea. He looked absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous. <laughs> and you know what? Mm. I know we take the piss out of Big Joe, and you know what? He, he's kind of an easy target, isn't he? Because you know, because <laughs> two short planks. <laughs> but when when he gets on the mic. <laughs> Someone's going to tag him in this fucking episode. <laughs> We're going to get absolutely fucking laid out. When he gets on the mic, he struggles, doesn't he? It's Let's been, it's been a pleasure knowing everybody. <laughs> he struggles, Big Joe, on the microphone. And you had the right idea. When we were, when we were talking about this in, in the... Um, having a cup of tea after the fight. Um, cup of tea. Cup of tea. Um, you were like, this is what Joe should do. He should rock in Tyson style, dressed all in black. He should savagely beat some man to death, and then he should put his cloak back on and run back to the dressing oh, fuck room. Fuck off! Don't speak. And that would be perfect. That's what he should do. Like, like uh, what the Tom juggernaut? Like what Tom Hardy does in Warrior? Yeah, hundred percent. Kick the cage open, get in, do the business. Refuse interviews. Jog on. Can push the Sky guys out the way. Yeah. Push everyone out the way. That's it. Push poor Dom out the way and just get back to the dressing room, and that would create something about him. Mm. But obviously, he does. The, he goes the other way, the yeah, other yeah. way with it. I, th- I actually even it think just that, makes it comical. I think he copied um, from the Sky interview. I wasn't paying full attention to it because obviously I was doing a show. But I saw out the corner of my eye that he he was doing a Dillian White. He was he, he was calling somebody out, going, "Where you at?" He was even using the same tagline. I was thinking, Joe, 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 stop, stop now. Nobody put a ma- camera or a microphone in his face again. Just leave him alone. I think Chisora, wasn't it? I think he was trying to call Chisora. Hey, did you see that scrap between uh, him and Dillian ringside? No, Chisora and, and Dillian White yeah. had a bit of a set too, didn't they? Fucking hell yeah. Chisora was there on his own just to support Sonny's he does. mate. Yeah, just fucking rocks up, yeah. right? Enjoying himself. But Dill came with a few of his pals and he just went off. I don't know what I'd, I don't know what had been said because I was like I said doing the show and I turned around and they were fucking going at each other like security there there were a lot Dave Caldwell were there it was after the it was after the fight right okay so it was once um, Bellew had won Bellew I think was doing a Sky interview yeah with Pricey and uh, Dave Caldwell was on the sites Dave Caldwell ended up stopping it he was like going come on Derek come out come out the way like he got Derek Chisora out of the way fucking hell he was going off ringside man Jesus fucking stick him in but I look you know what. <clears throat> I like the way Chisora's thinking that way rather than Joe Joyce. Do you know what I mean? He's like, he's not paying Joe Joyce service, but he's looking at Dillian White because mm. he realises that they had a brilliant fight. There's definitely some unfinished business there. Mm. And Dillian White's a phone call away from a world title fight or certainly a final eliminator of some sort. Hey, by the way, this... Um, this Dillian, week... I've seen Dillian rocked up and, and yeah, did a few sounds... minutes great, isn't he? Great. Do you know what blew me away about Dillian White? How big his back is. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking massive, never, isn't he? Never misses lat day, does Dill. Oh, my God, he's <laughs> absolutely huge. It. He looks like a swimmer from behind. Obviously, yeah. a fucking big super heavyweight <laughs> swimmer. But he's massive, like a triangle. This weekend, by the way, Huey Fury, Sam Sexton. Yeah. Winner of that is mandatory yeah. for the Commonwealth belt, which Joe Joyce won at the weekend. Oh, that's interesting. Now, there's a fight I'd like to see. Huey Fury against uh, Joe Joyce. Mm. What did you actually think of Joe Joyce's performance? You it's know, weird to watch, right? Because... He's so he's big and he's he's so athletic. Slow. Yeah, he's athletic though, and but he's he, slow as fuck. He moves in really weird ways, like not non-traditional ways. You know what I mean? Mm. And like you say, when he chucks a punch, fucking hell, mate! Even oh, I, even I can see it coming. Yeah, absolutely. He, he, he's very slow. And listen, I don't know whether this is because let's be honest, Lemroy Thomas very poor. The worst Commonwealth champ that we've ever probably, seen. Probably probably the worst Commonwealth fucking champion. Dog, mate. Certainly the worst Commonwealth champion I can remember. And 
He didn't Can't, fancy it. After that first round, he, he was like... No, he got. I think this. he got it. He got it. He felt the weight of his punches and he just thought, what the fuck am I doing here with this kid? Um, this is no Dave Allen. This is this guy's legit. And and, and Joyce is legit, but he, he's, he already looks like he's at... We've seen the best of him as an amateur. I know he's quite. I know he's quite old. You know what I mean, Joyce. So he can't. Oh, he can't wait around. He's only early thirties, mate. I mean, you're forty. He's old. Fucking. He's thirty-two. Something like that, isn't it? It's about forty-six, isn't is he? Is he yet, man? Joe Joyce. He's not bloody Ortiz. He don't have one of them Ortiz passports. Listen, I checked that passport. I'm telling you now. He's about thirty-two. He's Joe. Thirty-two. Going on thirty-nine. But he's. Um, what surprised me is that. You know, I thought this would be his first meaningful fight. Yeah, we 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 thought he'd, we knew he'd come through it. We knew he'd knock this kid out. Um, but for someone that works alongside David Hay, mm. his footwork's very ploddy. He sw- he just wings away, and it might again. It might just be because it was Lenroy Thomas. Mm. We, we might have a certainly another gear to come from Joe Joyce. But looking at him perform like that, the likes of Chisora and people like that, I'd, I'd certainly fancy Chisora to beat him mm. uh, if he was motivated. And that, once Ch- if Chisora's motivated, he's a handful for anybody. Mm. Um, so I, I want to see more of Joe Joyce. Problem with Joe, Joe, Joe Joyce is where does he go now? Because listen, we've seen various forms of David Hay promotions over the years, and when David Hay's flying, the promotion does well. But when David Hay disappears to Miami, these kids get left left with fuck all and no fights and nothing, and which is why we've seen various versions of, Dave, of Hay, Haymaker promotions. Right now, Joe Joyce needs a manager and a promoter that's motivated and confident and has got shows. Mm. But what he's going to get is David Hay that disappears into some nightclub in Miami for the next six months. Mm. And that concerns me for Joe Joyce because, as I say, 32 going on 38, he needs to get fights and he needs them quick. You've got a sombrero though, mate. Fucking hell. Just whoever come up with that idea, Joe, get them the fuck out the gym. Again, he's getting cornered by Salas. Yeah. Salas ain't going to be there no more, so who does Joe Joyce have now? Briefcase wanker were in there. He oh, was enjoying himself, him, yeah. wasn't he? It was uh, morally. Now, Jesus Christ. Well, you know, that's the good thing. He can fuck off now, make him between us four, series four. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because there's nothing left for him to do either. Right, I know that we've been waxing... We, in fact, where's the audio of him in Liverpool? Oh, You're man. wrong. You're wrong, everybody. You're wrong. <laughs> he didn't sound like me. He was Southern. I can't do a Southern accent. Jelly deals? <laughs> now, listen... This um, the start of this show. The first twenty odd minutes that you've just been listening to is us obviously thinking that we fucking know everything that there is to know about boxing. Now you may remember for the last two to three weeks, we've been telling you that Emmanuel Rodriguez is legit. He's proper, absolutely. But we we still thought, even though we knew that Manny Rodriguez was proper, that Paul Butler would come through it. Yep, we were clinging on to hopes. So it. We were saying Manny Rodriguez hasn't travelled before, never yep. fought outside of South America or right. North America. Paul Butler on his days, the miniature Linares. We did great stuff from the camp from uh, Joe Gallagher. So we were, we were hedging our bets on our mate, weren't we? Let's be honest. Yep. We were hedging our bets on our mate. Got it wrong. And we did get it wrong. Let's be straight, man. We that, got it wrong. And even though we got it wrong, it was a fucking honour to watch that. And mate. That Rodriguez that is, that kid, mate. is the birth of a superstar. I spoke to Butler afterwards. Well, I think it was Paul Butler. I couldn't really tell because his face was so grotesquely fucking swollen. His nose was shattered. Obviously broke his nose in the third round. And he was saying that eight or nine, um, Joe said to him, that's it, I'm pulling you out. And he said, I had to, basically we spent 60 seconds of me saying to Joe, do not pull me out. Do not pull me out. I don't want to be pulled out. I'm fine. I'm all right. I and Butler was saying to me, I'd rather fucking go out with my shield in a world title fight than be pulled out. I didn't care that my nose was sore. I didn't care that I wasn't getting shot off and I was losing rounds. I wanted the chance to try and finish the fight. I wanted the chance to try and land mm. that punch that would change my life. And he said, ultimately, Joe said in the changing room afterwards, well, that's what I wanted. I wanted you to 
to tell me why you should be left in there. And he, that was what the reason why Joe left him in for the full 12. Because mm. even I was watching it, I was thinking, he ain't never going to win this now, Joe. You may as well get him out. Yeah. But Butler wanted to stay in. And it was a world title fight. I think when it comes to world title fights, especially with the World Boxing Super Series and Sensor at the end of it, you've got to give your man every chance in the world. So I thought Butler was brave as hell for doing that, for going on with a shattered nose. Mm. But credit where it's due, mate. I don't care how bad the camp was. He missed weight. He was sick. Whatever it was, there was implications why Butler missed weight. Um, I don't really want to go into them. Well, so I'll be honest. I'm gonna. We have to address it in a minute. We'll get to yeah, that in yeah. a minute. But go on, Manny Rodriguez. You're gonna go. To be honest, crazy I, I just think Manny Rodriguez beats any bantamweight in the world on Saturday Tete? night. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, listen, I can only go with Tete's last performance and he was flat in Belfast. If that Tete turned up on Saturday night to fight Manny Rodriguez, he gets a boxing lesson. I thought Rodriguez was absolutely outstanding. Mate, his jab. Um, unreal. You, anybody that's listened to this show since the start, you know that I go crazy for a jab that's used as a weapon. Not yeah. a range finder, not something that's setting something up. An actual weapon. Something that... Bust, look at Paul Butler's face. Yeah. They weren't... All right, he was caught with straight right, right hands. That he was caught with up, well. yeah, he was caught with some fucking sensational shots. That left hook that dropped him in the first. That again, you get yeah. dropped in the first by a heavy left hook twice. Yeah, good luck yeah. winning a world title fight. After no, absolutely. Twice in the but first. the jab is the reason why Paul Butler's face was bust up, man. Yeah. he was ramrodding that fucker in, and I was ringside watching it. And every time it landed, Paul's head was going back, and I'm thinking, fucking hell. Yeah. He is unbelievable, this lad. Going out at the his end of the 11th round. His timing was outrageous. I know. Well, I was I was sitting with Chris Walker, who was writing for Boxing News at the weekend, uh, or, or writer Boxing News, um, and we were chatting about Rodriguez because we were just engrossed by it. We were watching everything about him. And he was walking back to his own corner at the end of the 11th round. So just one round to go. He wasn't even blowing. No. He wasn't even blowing. And you just thought, mate, you fucking... You, this has been a masterclass, an absolute master. been a pleasure to watch him. Yeah. And I think, you know, all credit to, to Joe as well. I've seen Joe tweeted yesterday saying congratulations to the Rodriguez camp. You know, you fully deserve to become a world champion. And you know what? It won't be the last world title you win. And I, I, I agree with Joe. This kid will probably move up to Super Bantam eventually and probably win a world title there as well. Mm. And, you know, right now, He's my new favourite for the World Boxing Super Mate, Series. he's cleaning it up. Don't get me wrong. It's a stacked division. There's some sensational talent there. Obviously, you've got Ma- the kid from listen, Japan, Anoi, if, stepping up. If McDonald does a number on Anoi in Japan, yeah. and you know what? Don't, I, don't rule him out. I certainly wouldn't rule him out. Don't rule him out. Imagine McDonald against Rodriguez because the two of them are tall, lanky, bantamweights. And Tete is, though. Wow. Tete's a big boy. Yeah, Tete can bang as well, mate. The three of them are just fucking outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Don't, don't, hey, and Burnett, we haven't even mentioned Burnett. Don't sleep on Burnett. There's don't. the four. There's your four there. Yeah, New way or McDonald. Yeah, but you've also got people like Lewis Neary who missed weight last yeah. time, didn't he? He's fucking tidy. There's, if mate, he's going to come this, back down, yeah. This division is ridiculous. That World Boxing Super Series in, the, in this division could be outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous. Former world champions, world champions. That'll be the eight. Absolutely ridiculous stuff. It was a pleasure to watch uh, Manny Rodriguez. Now, quickly, just on the on the weight situation, right? I'm not privy to the information, so anybody that thinks that I am, and I've no doubt with what I'm about to say, I'll probably get a phone call of Joe telling me the ins and outs of exactly what happened, right? But this is how I would operate in that situation, right? Mm-hmm. It's a world title fight, right? Yeah. It's a world title fight. If you're ill for any length of time and therefore the you might then struggle to hit your 118 pounds that he needed to hit, because yeah. he came in at what, 121 or something? Did he yeah. come in at or something? Three over, yeah. Pull the fight. Pull out. Now, I know that you're going to argue with me and say... But he wasn't the mandatory. He was being given... Rodriguez was the number one in the division. Yep. Butler was getting a shot. Yep. Eddie had worked hard to get him that shot. 
They've yeah. worked hard to get themselves into the position for that shot. When would the next shot come? I can understand that. I can understand it. But I don't see the point of taking a fight with someone like Manny Rodriguez, who's fucking unbelievable. They knew he was unbelievable because we'd spoken to Joe previously, told yeah. us that he was unbelievable, and then you can't win the belt. You can't be... A- well, do you know what? Winning the belt, that that that, that didn't really bother me. That, that the fa- Well, obviously it bothered me it didn't make weight, but... It, it, in the build-up to this fight, as it was happening, why was not thinking, pull out then? Why not pull out? Because it, not only do you not get the chance to win a world title, mm-hmm. um, but more importantly, in in terms of finances, and that's what this sport's all about. Paul Butler doesn't get in world boxing super series unless he wins this fight. He won't get in because he's lost to Tete, and Tete will be in. Mm. Exactly, Rocky Rocky Fielding deserved to be in a super middleweight tournament, certainly ahead of Jamie Cox, but he didn't get in because he had a loss to Callum Smith, who was a rank fighter, and they couldn't. The World Boxing Super can't Series, justify it. they can't justify it and go, oh, wait a minute, Callum Smith first choice, he's just going to choose the guy he knocked out in the first round, takes takes all the edge off the tournaments. Paul Butler doesn't get into the World Boxing Super Series bantamweight tournaments unless he's got a world title around his waist, and then they can go, or he's beaten, yeah, he's lost to Tete. Someone. But it was so down at a different weight division, so, right. and he's back here in this so, weight so, division. So it's worth risking missing weight and then getting winning the fight, winning the fight of the underbeat, then pulling fighter. out, missing the opportunity, and missing out on the world boxing super series. The gamble was worth taking. Unfortunately, as it proved on the night, and as Joe kind of told us beforehand, Paul Butler needed to be one hundred percent and on his A game mm. to beat Emmanuel Rodriguez because, listen, I don't know whether Emmanuel Rodriguez was one hundred percent on his A game, but. It, it me. fucking certainly looked like it was. Mm. And only the best of each fighter was going to be able to beat the other. And you know what? Butler had the most disastrous open round. It was a disaster. He was down twice. Had his nose broken the third. It, literally, the fight couldn't have started any worse for yeah. him. Yeah. But take nothing away from Manny Rodriguez. Yeah, the ma- kid is legit. You mentioned Jamie Cox's name there. Fuck me. Where does he go now? Uh, I'm sorry, but... Listen, I, 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 I've never retired anyone. I don't think a, a journalist should retire fighters at the end of the day. It's their decision. Um, there's a much bigger picture to everything. But when you lose a domestic showdown like that against a guy that, Has lost I'll be honest, they're both fucking very similar careers. Jump up and down weight divisions, mm. changing coaches, falling in and out of love with the sport. One time, super exciting prospects. Now, almost like 50-50 chance whether they're going to win a fight or not. For me, going into this fight, I was like, I was telling everyone, I was like, this is loser leaves town match. You can't beat the guy in front of you tonight. You've got no future in the sport because you're never going to get beyond this level now. Do you know what I mean? He's never going to. It was amazing. I thought it was fascinating afterwards when he was saying John Ryder deserves a world title fight. That's fucking absolute nonsense. Mm. It was a great win over Jamie Cox. I bet he gets one, though. I bet you, I bet they tried to target Zoya. How can they do that? Rocky Fielding still hasn't had his world title fight yet. So. Rocky Fielding will happily go to Germany and fight Zuger, he's told me. Mm. So there's no way John Ryder's going to get it above Rocky Fielding. Mm. Rocky Fielding did a number on him. So, I, I don't know. I, and plus, I don't think John Ryder wins a world title, I've got to be honest. No, he doesn't. A win over Jamie Cox. He doesn't. He doesn't. But, but what, what was surprising about Jamie Cox is, because he's a fighting man, that for me, he made the decision to stay down. He made the decision not to, not to get up in time. Do you reckon? I, yeah, I think so. It was like last week. Like that fight last week with um, uh, in Philadelphia, yeah, yeah two yeah. Philadelphia guys, and the guy stayed on his floor, and, and, and the referee was just to crack on, and, and he was just arguing with the referee. And the referee physically picked him up at nine and was like, "Come on, you're carrying on," and he was just arguing and arguing to, until the fight got stopped. Jamie Cox, he was scrambled bad. You can tell by that because he goes down on all fours, and even then he can't stop himself from from falling forward and kissing the canvas. Well, I, well if you look at the shot, the shot's nothing. He, no, he gets hit in the top of the head. Gets hit, hit on the forehead off a guy that. 
hasn't got a great not even knockout. Yeah, he's not no. got a great knockout ratio. I was speaking to Adam Booth about it, and he said basically, when you hit someone in that area of the head, mm-hmm. the fluid in your ears, oh right, okay, is goes out of sync, and therefore that affects your balance. Of course, it does. So yeah. it's knocked your fluid out the uh, out of sync in his ears, hence losing the balance. Therefore, hence going. F- Face plant first. That makes exact sense. Perfect sense. So yeah. then he's trying to get himself off the canvas, but he's like, whether his ears are still scrambled, whether he can hear properly or whatever, yeah. he couldn't get his ass off the deck. Yeah. And then if you look at him 10 seconds after that, once everything realigns itself, he sounds as a fucking whistle. Sound, yeah. sound, sound, sound he, he gets on one knee and he's looking at his corner. He's, but he, the problem is he's not making eye contact with the referee. He's looking at his corner. He's all over the place. And the referee's yeah. like eight, nine. Oh, and then he, and then he stands perfect. up at it, nine. It, listen, Angel Lewis got it bang on. It, it was, had to be stopped. Yeah, it was. Because he wasn't up. No. It wasn't up, it was over. You've got to beat the nine count. Mm. Absolutely. Um, performance of the night? Tennyson? Tennyson. That comeback? Fucking hell. That comeback was that unbelievable. That was unreal. That body shot that he got dropped with, no shit in the second round, that was legit as fuck. And I was like, my God. I've always liked Ward anyway. And I just thought, for me, that's the one. Mm. You know I love a body shot anyway. But he sunk it in deep as fist, nearly came through Tennyson's back. And for Tennyson to climb off the floor, I tell you what, I didn't even know there was a cronk gym in Belfast, but he fucking, I tell you what, that night, Tennyson lived up to that cronk name. Manny Stewart, fucking all the greats out of the cronk gym, they would have been proud of that performance at the weekend. Mm. Hats off to James Tennyson. Climbing up off the deck and then finishing the fight the way he did in the fifth round like that. Sensational stuff. Absolutely sensational. Yeah, it was. Tremendous stuff. Um, <clears throat> in the early hours of the morning, obviously, we went for a few pints, enjoyed ourselves, didn't we? We had a right old sing-song. Yeah, had a couple of shandies. Um, for anybody that is on Merseyside and reads the Liverpool Echo, you'll know that the boxing uh, reporter uh, on the Liverpool Echo is a certain Elliot Foster. You will have seen his name popping up on social media. Where he's little Foz. He does a little bit for us as well. There's little Foz, right? He's a good lad, he's little Foz. So we're looking after him, we're taking him out for a bevy, and uh, inside the O2 Arena, there is a VIP bar. It's designed for people that have got them swanky boxes upstairs, all right? So once they kick them out of the boxes after the fight, everybody piles into this, like, bar nightclub like type thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little club down there in, yeah. in the underbelly of the O2. Now, obviously, with us being on the broadcast team, I blagged us in there, right? So there's me, you, Don McGuinness from TalkSport, uh, and... Uh, Foz. And little Foz, right? So we get to little Foz. Everybody else was sensible and went to the press conference, and I thought... Tony ain't setting up for about fucking three hours. Let's go and get leathered. <laughs> and we go right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we went in, we had a few pints, didn't we? The Stella was the flowing. <laughs> the Stella was flowing. And I could tell after two that Foz, he, you know what I mean? The, the lips were getting a bit looser. They were getting a little <laughs> bit loose, weren't they? Anyway, you and him were staying in one hotel and I was staying in another. And I thought, fuck that, let's get back to my hotel bar. We'll have a right scream here. So we always go back to the hotel bar. We're probably there to about three, half three, something like that, aren't we? Yeah. And I counted... We must have done about six or seven of these Stellas. Proper job pints, like, you know what I mean? He's only a little lad, is Foz. <laughs> He's only a little Faz. And to be fair, he, he kept up, didn't he? He kept oh, yeah. going. He didn't He didn't bail. He, I bet you now he wishes that he fucking bailed. Right? <laughs> I do. Yeah, because the day after, Laughing Boy here texts me. He goes, are you catching the same train as us? I said, mate, my fucking head's nailed to the pillar. I'm, I'm having an extra hour. So you clears off with Foz up to uh, Houston to get back up to Liverpool, yeah? Yeah. I get a text at about midday. So I've just got my train by this point. I get a text by midday. He goes, mate, you've done well swerving this train. First of all, all the aircons bust on the fucking train getting back. Hottest day of the year so far, right? Aircons bust on the train on the way back. So I'm pissing myself going, I'm fucking in luxury here. This is absolutely tremendous. 
Two minutes later, gets another text message. He goes, you'll never guess what that dirty little bastard's done. <laughs> He's projectile vomiting all over me. <laughs> oh, man, he took the knock royally. Royally. I was just like, oh, no. Go on, Foz, lad. Could this get any worse? We're in a 25-degree metal box sliding down, to, sliding slowly back towards the northwest, and Foz just fucking blows chunks everywhere. Ugh. And, you know, obviously then I had to fucking help him get to the bathroom. I had to get clean clothes out of his bag. Thankfully, he was down there for a couple of days. He had all kinds of clean clothes. And uh, I just fucking volleyed him into the toilet and let him sort himself out. But it was, um, it reminded me, and the mad thing is, the Inbetweeners theme continued. Ugh. So the Inbetweeners theme from the weekend anyway with uh, with with, with Hayes, promoter the... slash manager slash lawyer, lawyer whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. he was. We, doesn't really matter. We'll never see him again. Um, but the Inbetweeners theme continued because we've seen that episode of the Inbetweeners where Briefcase Wanker's doing his exam, but he's also shitting himself at the time. <laughs> and he just goes, and he's asking to the toilet and the teacher's going, no, no, no. And he goes, Phil? <laughs> Phil? <laughs> it was exactly like that because I'm sitting there, I'm fucking reading boxing news or whatever. And I just did, Nick, Nick, <laughs> <laughs> oh Foz the best thing about it is that he, he spends a lot of time working as well in Derry's gym and I know the lads put this podcast on in the gym and he, and he will know when he's nowhere that he's admitted that to Derry <laughs> no way no way he has right Derry there you go son give him a give him alpha leather absolutely Woo! he deserves it um Next time we've got a show, we'll uh, we'll do a video with Foz so you can see you can see him, and therefore you can start outing him on the social media. You can have a bit of a crack with him. Um, anyway, because we were getting leathered, we decided not to watch the Triple G fight. We told you that we weren't going to watch it anyway until uh, the day after. And to be fair, if it would have gone twelve rounds, I probably wouldn't have watched it. I'll be no. honest with you, mate, because I were all boxing out yesterday. But then on social media on the way back, I thought to myself, "Fucking hell, it's only gone five minutes." I'll watch it on the train. Boom, yeah. stuck it on, had a bit of a nosy. Uh, Triple G does what Triple G did. Uh, he uh, he let Matarosian have a little bit of a, a dance in the first round, give him a bit of confidence, and he goes, right, dickhead, I'm going to twat you now. And he End just of the first round, Matarosian lands that right hand, and the commentary team got excited, and he went back to the corner. Oh, he's just landed a big right hand. And I was just thinking, oh, mate. oh man, that was so funny. That was just like, uh, that was like he pressed the button. He turned Triple G on. Yeah. Boop, and then Triple G come out for the second, and it was like, okay. Big drama show. Do you want a, do you want a combination? Do you want to just try one of these for size? First, first, first combo, every one of them with Venom absolutely took him to pieces, didn't absolutely. he? Absolutely. He's, he's, he, you know, he's, there's, there's a reason why Triple G is a lot of people's favourite fighter. Yeah. And he's certainly one of my favourite fighters. Um, obviously, he's even more so now that uh, Canelo's a cheating bastard. Well, exactly, yeah. Well, Can, you know, Canelo's never been right up there anyway for me. I don't know why. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think he's, he's, he's plotted his, his route to superstar. Is he not your favourite really Mexican? Well. Oscar De La Hoya? Well, I love a bit of Oscar, obviously. Do you? You know what I mean? Got I've the, got a new got one after... the old spoons. Nah, I've got a new one after the weekend. Big Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Joyce is now your favourite Mexican 100%, fighter. 100%, mate, yeah, 100%. Cinco with the Joe. <laughs> obviously, it wasn't Canelo the weekend, which is what the fight we ultimately wanted. But then again, you know, now he's, a, he's an out-of-drug cheat. Do we really want to see Canelo? Probably not, but we probably will anyway, because mm. it's the only fight out there, Triple G, that makes serious money. I would love to see Triple G in with Billy Joe still but you know what I'd really love to see him in with Charlo fucking hell Jamal Charlo Triple G would be a fucking smoke show son that does not go eight rounds I think it would be sensational and you know what 
if it doesn't happen this year, if it happens next year, I think Charlo's the one. Charlo's the one that gets Yeah, time's ticking on Triple G. At some time, it's going to stop, man. Of course. I think Charlo, his rise to the top is just, it just seems perfectly timed. Yeah. I think, I'm hoping Triple G fights Billy Joe. And I know for a fact he's going to fight Canelo next because that's the big money fight. I think he beats Canelo. I think he probably then fights Billy Joe. I would love to see Billy Joe win, but I think Triple G starts his favourite. Mm. But by then, we're 12 months on from where we are now. Two really tough fights for Triple G. Charlo's timing could be absolutely bob on here. A mm. uh, uh, few little bits of news that have popped up from the world of boxing. And uh, this has developed since the weekend, since we last spoke, mate. Callum Johnson's agreed to take on Better Beev. He's agreed to take him on. Full fucking respect to Callum Johnson. That's what fighting men do, Adam. They take fights. They don't run away from fights. They take fights. Absolutely one million percent credit for Callum Johnson. I won't hear a bad word said about Callum Johnson because he's taken a a fight, a tough fight. One round in 18 months and he's taking on Arta Betabiev. This is for for the IBF Light Heavyweight Championship, just in case you don't know who he is. Fuck me. If you don't know who Betabiev is, go on Google. Basically, he's basically top three biggest punchers in boxing right now. Absolutely. The guy is a fucking machine. But you know what? Callum Johnson, mate, I get why he's taking the fight because what's he got to lose? Roll the dice, man. He's got what's he got to lose? Yeah, roll the he's going to lose against basically one of the best pound for pound fighters, certainly one of the most dangerous punchers on the fight planet right now. Hmm. Got nothing to lose, man. Go fucking go for it. Because if you lose that fight, you're in exactly the same position you're in now. Hmm. Uh, Matchroom USA deal is going to be announced this week. We know it's a streaming service. I think it's Amazon or a YouTube or something along those lines. September 22nd is going to be the first show. It's going to be New York. I don't know if I'm allowed to announce that. Anyway, I've just done it. September 22nd, New York. Uh, another thing I don't know if I'm allowed to announce, Katie Taylor obviously is going to be on there. Guess yeah. who else is making his American debut on that card? Josh Boatze. Is he, yeah? Taking him to the States. Yeah, he's telling me at the weekend. So he's, he'll be there in September. Nice. I, I am anticipating to have a fight or maybe even two fights previous to that. Yeah, but yeah. he will be in September uh, in New York on that so USA deal. I think it's Thursday of this week. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but it will be Thursday uh, it gets announced. when uh, the TV deal in America, the, the groundbreaking deal. Uh, will Interesting be if it is a streaming service because it's the first major promotion mm. to run a, you know, obviously the UFC has a streaming mm. service, but... Mm. Other big news from the world of boxing, um, going into the Hall of Fame alongside the likes of Floyd Mayweather as undefeated uh, retired fighters now. Rio Ferdinand, well done. (laughs) (laughs) No, why? Do you know why? What's happening? Undefeated, baby. I I like the way they've come out and said the British Boxing Board of Control won't license me when we know what it is. His arse went when I called him out. Is that what it was? His arse fell off his pants. Do you want a white collar? We'll do it unlicensed. Yeah, I'll do a white collar with Rio. No problem. There you go. No problem. Have you seen the shape of him at the moment? He's in fucking naked. He's... <laughs> Mate, listen. Look at that. Muscles don't win, win fights. fights. <laughs> Scousers do. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know what I mean? I might be a bit more physically Tony Bellew than David A, son, but muscles don't win fights. Scousers do. Bring Rio Ferdinand on any fucking day of the week. Look at this here now. <laughs> Uh, there you oh, go. Middle-aged men. Put it away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this weekend, look at this. We have done the best part of 50 minutes I know. of a show and we've not mentioned it. No, I did, I did earlier on, didn't I? So yeah, I but check. we didn't go crazy on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't go crazy. Crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, here's, I'm going to give you some stats, right? Uh, May the 12th, obviously, this weekend. Lomachenko versus Linares for the WBA Lightweight Championship. Check this for stats, right? Can he do... Five opponents in a row for Nomaschenko. Oh, my God. That's one of the rhetorics. Also, if he wins, new world record, 
for the least or fewest amount of fights to win a world title in three different weight categories. Twelve fights. The greatest of all time. Twelve fights. He equal when he became world champion Rah! after three fights. That was a goal. Listen, when he... Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a goat. That's, a goat. That's the noise of a goat. Is it? Go on. No shit. Do it. Ah! Scouse goat. That's, <laughs> that's how goats... That's how goats... Like, no. Not, not around there, mate. I'll tell you. Anyway, th- third fight became world champion. Yeah. That's uh, that's tying a world record. I think it was his eighth or seventh or eighth fight when he uh, became a two-weight world champion. That's a new world record. 12 fights become a three-weight world champion. That is fucking ridiculous. And we fully anticipate him to do that. Yes, he's stepping up in weight. Yes, he's not been here before. And yes, he's fighting a very, very, very accomplished world champion. A pound for pounder? A kid on the pound for pound list, mate. But I still anticipate him to do the business. Yeah. I don't know. Am I going to go for it? Yeah, I'm going to go for it. Five in a row, quit. Wow. Five in a row. I can't see Linares quitting. Five in a row, he's going to get tattooed to fuck. I can't see Linares quitting. I can't. I, I think now it's become more about the retire, the run of retirements that I just think Linares will refuse to be um, added to it unless there's an injury in there. Um, I, I just think he'd rather go out on his shield than than quit and be yet another person added to the Nomaschenko list. Um, I think he's just too proud for that. And I think he's, he just won't allow it to happen. The problem is you go in with that mentality and then you realise, fuck, I thought I was an established world champion. I thought I was at the top of my game. People are saying I'm pound for pound and all that. This kid is like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. The, the only, and, and we're throwing shit on Linares. Linares is brilliant. He's fucking sensational. He's absolutely outrageous. How many times good. on this show over the last 18 months Mate. have we said Linares, pound for pound, he's up there, amazing, fantastic against Kral. Oh my God, it was a yeah. pleasure to see him fight live and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But Lomachenko, potentially greatest of all time, and he's active right now. And, I, and I, I'm like, yeah, I, I just I can't see past my boy putting on an absolute clinic. Obviously, he's stepping up to lightweight though, so you just don't know. You just don't know. Will he carry the power up with him? Well, eight knockouts and ten wins so far suggest that he will, or eight stoppages and ten wins so far suggest mm. that he will. I just think with Linares, he will go in there with the mentality: I will not be, I will, I will not quit first and foremost. But Lomachenko has a way of embarrassing guys so much that you just think this is not the sport I learned. I've been doing this sport my whole life, and this guy is quicker, faster, more intelligent than me. Everything about it. He's a game. Lomachenko is a game change fighter, mm. and Lenardo is going to find that out on Saturday night. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be insane. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be insane. This isn't a Cheerios moment. This is stay up in the middle of the night to Fucking watch that shit, is. mate. It's tremendous. Uh, not only that, because we've got some UFC as well to stay up for. Uh, so it's going to be an action packed early hours of Sunday morning. Make sure you get stuck into it. And if you are a UFC fan, we've done a podcast on uh, UFC uh, for this weekend the Amanda Nunes World Title Clash. Uh, Jack Ray in action as well. It's all on our feed. Fight Disciples on iTunes. You can also get it on our website, fightdisciples.co.uk. Just a quick one as well. Domestic regarding... fight as well. Don't well, hang on, hang on. We've got another Terrestrial world title. TV fight. Yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. I've got another world title fight in America because obviously Liam Smith was supposed to be fighting this weekend, yeah? yeah. He was supposed to be having a knock against uh, Saddam Ali um, to regain his old belt, the WB 154-pound strap. Jaime Munguia has come in. Um, two weeks notice. This is the guy that they were originally touted to be the replacement for the Triple G fight. Um, Nevada turned him down, even though he's undefeated at 154 pounds. Anyway, he's got himself a world title shot. Fair play that he turned it down, or got turned down because it's worked out quite nicely course, for especially him. Especially after what happened to Masovian last night on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Saddam Ali, Hamid Munguia, two weeks notice. 
And another that I've thrown shade on Saddam Ali um, on this particular podcast, but I'm going to dare to be great here. I reckon there might be an upset. I reckon on two weeks' notice, this kid might just be able to pull something off. He's undefeated. There's no blueprint to beat him, so you never know. It just depends where he was in his camp. If he was get, preparing himself for Triple G, and now this opportunity has come up, then he's going to be flying. He's going to be far more confident. I hope he makes... If if he makes weight... He's got to make weight. Right, this is what I'll devastated say. if he doesn't right. make weight. If he makes weight, I reckon he'll, he'll, we'll have a new world champion on our hands. All right? You can get a bit romantic, but yeah. I am romantic. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you were talking about that domestic clash. I mentioned it a little earlier on the show. I'm Hopefully, going... Hopefully Ian Smith say that Ali wins, because mm. I think if he doesn't win, there'll be a straight rematch. Mm. So... Um, <clears throat> but domestically, yeah, Channel 5 as well, back on Terrestrial TV. I'm going. Bolton it is. Yeah. It's in Bolton. Bolton. Uh, Huey, Fury, Sam Bolton. Sexton. Yeah. I was chatting with Huey just uh, two weeks ago, um, and uh, he's in good spirits, and uh, he was talking about potentially fighting uh, a David Price or or even a, a Joe Joyce. He'd have been open for it, so he's got to come through first. He's got to take this British title off well, Sam it is. Sexton. Like I said, if, if Joe Joyce stays as Commonwealth champion, the winner of this is mandatory for that, so you'd anticipate that that might get made next. Yeah. You'd hope so. I know they you all have different promoters and all this type of shit. Yeah, politically, it, it, it could probably work out as well. As I say, I expect Joe Joyce, Joe Joyce to be something of a free agent now, moving forward. <laughs> um, so I think he'd probably be able to do his own deals, or he's got briefcase wanker to do a little deal with Frank. Mm. Um, Huey, Mick Hennessy, sorry. Huey Fury win this for you? Uh, I think Huey should win this all day, yeah. I think so, yeah. Take nothing away from Sam Sexton. I think he's a, a good domestic operator, but you'd like to think Huey Fury's on the next rung up. Um, and the thing with Huey Fury is he's, he's, he's a Fury. You know, he's got a really unconventional fighting style and a big man. And um, it's Sam Sexton's going to find it, find it really tough at the weekend. Bit, it'd be nice for Huey Fury to make a bit of a statement and get a stop at Jim. He's not, he's not a big puncher, but I'd like to see him make a bit of a statement, especially being on home turf. But um, the thing with Sam Sexton is this is a, this is like a world title fight for Sam Sexton. Mm. Huey Fury fought for the world title last time out, so mm. Sam Sexton he will bring it all this weekend because if you can't, if you're the British champion, you can't dent this next rung up. Then where where else do you go? You know, so just on the Furies, by the way. <clears throat> Did you see that Ricky Atten's going to be in Tyson's corner? Yeah, didn't surprise me at all, to be honest with you. There you go. Yeah, I kind of uh, we well, we alluded to this, didn't we, a few months ago that Ben Davison, for all his for all his strengths and everything else, wasn't going to be the guy you could you could get Tyson back to where he needed to be. So adding a bit of experience and a bit of house in the corner with Ricky Hatton um, mm. makes sense. Mm. Absolutely sense. Uh, there you go then. Thank you very much for listening to us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. There's uh, an extra show um, with us talking to Tony Bellew. Um, if you want to have a listen to that, you can get it on iTunes, Fight Disciples. You can also subscribe uh, via our website, fightdisciples.com, where all our Android feeds are. And um, there's all sorts of stuff on social media as well. So make sure you go and have a little bit of a nosy at that, all right? Uh, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube now as well. So go and have a little bit of a nosy there. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.